Welcome to SaaS Talks from Lead to Close, where I'll be sharing with you everything that I've learned to close leads. I went from quitting my first sales job because I was too scared to talk to strangers to becoming a VP of sales for multiple tech startups where I built a sales team from scratch and led them to an acquisition. I'll teach you how to schedule more demos on your calendars, close at least 50% of your demos, and build a pipeline large enough so you're always hitting quota. If you're looking to scale, then turn the volume up. All right, everybody, welcome back to SaaS Talks from Lead to Close. As promised, we have our monthly special guest, Ryan Villancourt. I was going to say Vanilla Court, but I, I made sure to practice that before. Ryan is the VP of Sales at Revenue.io. And today he's actually going to talk about a topic that um, I don't think is talked about enough. I don't think reps are doing this enough. And not enough reps are reviewing their call it gameplay footage, their demo recordings. And they're either relying on their manager or they have some recordings, but they don't actually use it. So he's going to talk about how to use gameplay footage, in this case, your call recording, your demo recording, to self-coach so you don't have to rely on your manager. And if you are a manager, this will be helpful because now you'll know how to do it for your reps. So you can actually close more demos. You can improve your discovery. And even if you did screw up on a call, you can sort of um, uh, climb back up and, and salvage the deal. So Ryan, you have the, the floor. I'm going to give you the mic. I'm going to stay true to this 20 minutes or so on the clock. Um, if I feel like I'm going to have questions, which I will. Um, right, so you're, you're on. You're up. More. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. Not enough reps are doing this. Um, not enough reps are using an incredibly valuable resource that pretty much all of us have at our fingertips, which is, uh, you said gameplay footage, game tape, basically your, your meeting recordings, whether you're using zoom or whatever video conferencing tool out there, you, you've, you've got the recording, you've got a searchable transcript. A lot of you out there listening, get to use a conversation intelligence tool. Right. Um, and so why aren't we using this resource to really investigate, reflect on, learn on, and to watch our performance. We put so much work and we place so much value in our execution in these discovery meetings and in these demos. And it's almost like, you know, most reps are, uh, they're relying on each live rep as the opportunity to practice and get better. But there's so much opportunity to get better just by reflecting on each one that we have. So, by using this, the game tape, I basically have a number of little plays that reps can run for themselves to get better faster. Um, and it's not only about improving for the next one, it's actually going to increase your ability to execute in the, the, the dealing question. Sweet. And Sina, I'm just out of curiosity. This is sort of, I don't say it's not, it's on topic, but why do you think reps um, don't listen to their calls? You think it's, I mean, I think it's laziness. Um, you know, and then I, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, so laziness is a culprit sometimes. I think um, another way to digest it and understand it, you know, having managed a lot of, of account executives, having been one, look, being an account executive is hard. Like our attention is, is pulled in a lot of different directions. Your average full cycle, you know, B2B, SaaS, AE has some expectation of prospecting, um, of working, you know, inbound opportunities sourced by marketing, by SDRs, 
A lot of those same AEs also have the opportunity to like, you know, work upsell expansion within base accounts that they close. It's, it's tough to figure out where to prioritize your, your time. Now, the best account executives are the best at prioritizing and staying really, really focused in the areas of their business that make them make the most sense. Um, and the ones who struggle with that, they're spread really thin. And so I don't know, is it, is it laziness? Maybe. I think it's more of a, a lack of focus and discipline around what's the best use of my time and what often gets lost. And this is actually true of managers also, but what also gets lost by the rep is that focus time to sharpen their sword, right? Yeah, interesting. Cool. All righty. So I'll let, sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> No, it's all good. So let, let, let's talk about a couple of things that, um, that I know always worked for me. I coach my reps to do, coach customers of revenue.io to look at is, let, let's talk about discovery actually before we get into to demos. If you are not leveraging your transcript and taking time to grab pieces of that discovery before you send that discovery recap, you're, you're getting outsold by the reps who are doing that. When you communicate after discovery, sort of setting up the demo. Here's what, can I swear on this? Yeah. Here's what shitty follow-up looks and sounds like. Um, hey, Mrs. Prospect, um, today we talked about how amazing my solution is and you're really gonna love how it's gonna improve productivity. And here's a case study of how we helped a customer similar to you, right? Our demo is gonna be next week, Tuesday. I can't wait to show it to you. That's shitty for a number of reasons. Um, namely, it's all about you. And it's easy to make it all about you because you know what your value prop is. You know what that case study is. You can churn those out. You can do it really, really, really fast. Guess what the customer cares about? Not you. What the customer cares about is them. And you're going to elevate yourself in the process as a better sales professional and somebody that they want to trust and spend time with and get value from working with if that written follow-up from the email does an excellent job at articulating what you as the sales rep heard in that meeting, right? And if you are not a robotic stenographer with a picture-perfect memory, you're, you're going to struggle to send a recap email that does a really good job summarizing and synthesizing what you heard um, and then putting a little bit of analysis into that email um, in, a, in a way that is actually adding value. Um, even the best AEs, even the, the, the best discoverers who when they come out of that have really strong intuition for, hey, here's what I heard, here's what's relevant, here are the, here's the things that I can do with that. Like, why would you not take 15 minutes to go back, go through a transcript, organize your thoughts, pull out the, the, the key moments so that you can put together incredible, you know, recap and follow-up, which I would argue is where you set the foundation for your deal and build the blueprint for what your demo is going to be. I already have follow-up questions to this. Um, Go I'm going to ask it because we're on topic. Um, the first question is, how long do you think a recap email, a good recap email based on what you're saying, going back to the, the, the transcript, writing, and then sort of like filtering yeah. what you've read and then adding it, how long do you think a good recap email should take? That's right, so a good I question. Say, like could, yeah, how many minutes? Yeah. Yeah, we could. Do, oh, how long should it take you to compose it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ooh, Okay. Because uh, what I thought you were asking is like, how long should it be on the page? That too. So that's not, that's my other question. Then. <laughs> yeah. So well, I'm going to ask, I'm going to answer it in reverse order because this is, this is a little bit of a hot take and some really smart people that I work with 
um, or have worked with or who are out there will disagree with me. And this is fine. I will fight this to the grave though. I'm totally okay with a recap email after discovery being what most people would consider to be extremely long. The reason for that is I actually don't care. The point isn't that you read it. And that's part of the hot take. Now, I actually believe that if you do your job and you do, you send really good recap, that's all about the customer. They will read it because it's a pattern interrupt. The customer mm -hmm. isn't used to seeing like such thorough documentation of, of a conversation, but even if they don't, doesn't matter. Cause when you get to your demo, we're not getting into that demo, Mrs. Customer until we quickly align around what we heard in the previous call. And maybe we do that slides. And in that instance, it should be shorter and concise. We want to get into the demo, but we're going to align around what it is that we heard because that was the foundation for the email. So I'm okay with that email being really long if it's really good. And for it to be really good, you got to review the game tape generally. How long should it take? The simple answer to that is it should take as long as it takes you as the AE in your practice for it to be excellent, period, full stop. Because, and some reps can do this in 10 minutes and some reps may spend 45 minutes on that. And I'm completely okay with it because again, that exercise of writing down what you heard in discovery and organizing that in the way that's most helpful to the customer and setting up your demo, guess what? You also just wrote the content that's going to go into CRM because your manager probably expects you to document the challenges and the things that you uncover. Like this is disciplined work, you know, like it, sh it, it, it shouldn't take 10 minutes. The rep who spends five minutes writing the recap is doing the shitty recap. Yeah. It's interesting that you said that I, I'm, I'm, the way I heard also is writing out a very thoughtful a post call email with all the details from the disco challenges, goals, whatever it is. It's advantageous. Yes. To the prospect because they have the information from them, but it's extremely advantageous to the rep because it's a filtered, like when they have to do the demo or before the demo, or even after the demo, part of moving the deal down the funnel is to constantly align it back to what was said in discovery. And if you have a really thought out email written out, that is sort of like your cheat sheet that you can always go back to whenever you need. Um, that's interesting. Um, what's your take of um, doing that recap email instead of a text version, but a video recap email? Oh, I love that. That's cool. Like I, I, I definitely encourage for the reps out there, like, you know, be, be creative, but if you're going to do a video recap, I would still encourage you to have a written component. Maybe it's in deck slides, which by the way, if they see the little preview of that video, I think they're more likely to open it if they mm -hmm. sort of see something there. And the reason I say that again, use video as the medium to communicate what it is that you heard, but you can't skip the writing step writing. And this is, you'll get a little bit of my bias coming out. I was a newspaper reporter. I was a journalist before I stumbled my way into sales. Um, but I believe my foundation in writing as actually a tool to understand, not to tell stories, but as a tool to understand a tool for learning really, really, really helped me in sales. It's the act of writing it down and synthesizing those thoughts that helps you learn it and get control of the concepts. You want to deliver it via video because you're really good at that. And it's in a deck by all means, that's really, really powerful. But I, I would say not as a shortcut to skipping the writing step. Love it. All right, cool. Those are my, my main questions. I'll save the last one for later because it's not as important, but yeah. You're all right, cool. So let's move on. Let's talk about, okay, great. We get into the demo. Um, so we, we do the demo. We put all of this thought into that. If we've done really, really good recap, like 
that recap was great preparation for the demo, by the way. That's why it's okay if it's 45 minutes to, to, to write that sucker. And we finish that demo and we get out of it and we think, all right, well, we're maybe we need to do another net demo. We've sort of aligned around next steps. And too many reps are just waiting for that next step to happen. One thing that I notice is even reps who, are, who get good at sending good initial meeting recap, they start to really suck at sending recap like as you get further into the funnel, which actually makes no sense at all. Yeah. Um, if you're doing your job in your demo, like, you know, you, you, you discovered more things. So you're going to evolve what it is that you want to communicate back to the customer in terms of where we aligned around what the problem is and how we're solving these things. We're basically going to, going to, going to send that recap. So we got to do the same thing. we got to be thoughtful about, it. we got to digest what's the most important thing that we learn together. Me as the AE, you as the customer, right? Why would you not go back to your game tape? Again, spend 15 minutes. At, you know the minutes you want to call out. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share one of my favorite like small techniques that plays on some basic principles in human psychology, but also results in um, a demonstration to the customer that you really understand them and you're paying attention. One of the key values of going back into your game tape, searching that transcript, finding like the aha moments in the demo in the recap, quote your customer. Don't like, and I mean, literally in quotes, again, there's that journalism background, but instead of, you know, the customer says, oh, interesting. I hadn't thought about that. You know, I think, you know, we actually really struggle with X, X being something you didn't talk about in the initial discovery, instead of in your recap or in your next conversations saying, Hey, remember we talked about, you decided no, like literally write it out but you don't have to write it out. It's in your transcript, copy and paste it, put that in a deck slide, remind that person throughout the process. They're the ones who said it. Here are your words. Really powerful to see your own words and quotes in that recap and deck slides to be able to reference it. Cause it's not yeah. you talking, it's the customer talking. Would you, would you, so like practically speaking, let's say you put it in an email, would you put it in quotes and then put like a, 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 a you know, like a dash and then like the customer name, like how would you write it? Literally like that. Uh, yeah, I would like literally like I, I I put it in I put it in quotes and then dash dash customer name. I actually start a lot of I what I used to do is I'd start my demos. Um, you know, I believe that the role of a deck in a demo is 90% just aligning around what we talked about in the previous call and 10% is like, what's the critical thing I need to tell you about our business that's not otherwise going to come up in the demo as long as that is actually valuable to sure. you know. And so in articulating what we sort of heard before, you know, you could write out the challenges that you heard about and absolutely by all means do that, put on a slide. I love putting on a big deck slide. I could send you some examples if you want. Um, like just a, a bright color background and a big, powerful quote with that person's name on it. Just like, here's the thing that you said you're struggling. I'm not I, I, I'd be, I'd love to see it. And I'd love to share it if you're okay with it. I have a private community, FTTC uh, inner circle. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to share it with them, but I, yeah, I'd be really interested in seeing that. I'll anonymize some customer names and share it too. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. I've never, I've never put into customer quotes. What I have done is I've literally quoted the customer on a call. So I'll take him like, Ryan, I remember we spoke last week and you had said, and then I just say what you said in verbatim. I wouldn't say, and I quote, I would just say it, but interesting, interesting cool. putting it like documenting it on the email. And more that's super powerful too, but going back to the step that most A's are missing, which is not going back to the game tape. How the hell are you supposed to articulate that verbatim if that's the way that you right. do that? If you haven't taken that moment 
to actually go back and watch it and write it down or, or just visually reference it somewhere in a transcript. Yep. All right, cool. Cool. Um, okay. Can I move on to another? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're okay, good. Cool. So we're 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 reviewing the demo, and you know we're we're we've talked about using the demo as a means to organize basically our our follow up. Um, something that you and I talked about in a previous conversation is hey, like the best AEs are 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 making some mistake in every mm -hmm. demo. There's no perfect demo. There's a missed yep. opportunity, and then there's the ones where hey, man, maybe you really botched something. So. Um, I'll give you an example um, that actually it, it came up between our, our, our last conversations. I have a, a, a rep here at revenue.io who's really excellent at using game tape, um, at reviewing his own calls and his, his own demos. He's someone who kind of helped inspire this conversation, to be totally honest. And there is a demo technique that we teach here, and maybe you, you teach it too. We call it stacked questions. And basically the technique is this, you're in a demo. And um, prospect, you know, asks a question mid mid demo. Um, what we say is, what what you don't do is immediately answer that question because what they're really getting at is usually two or three layers beneath what that question is, right? So they'll say, for example, hey, does does the feature do X? And you could say yes or no. And even if the answer is yes, like what well, the stacked question would be like, hey, it sounds like that's important to you, or like, hey. Can you, can you tell me more about why that matters? Or can you, hey, sounds like you've seen this before. And invariably they will just like open up and tell yeah. you why it really, really matters. And then you, you're still gonna answer the question honestly and with integrity, but now you basically you have the context. So here's an example, um, a rep noticed that somebody had asked sort of a feature question and they just said yes, and then talked for like two minutes and realized that in reviewing the game tape, and in his follow-up, what he did, he said, hey, by the way, here are the things. And Mrs. Customer, you asked a question and I answered it, but I real I was reflecting on our conversation and I realized I missed the opportunity to better understand like what you really care about there. So let's make a point to double click into that in our next conversation. I love so that. Use, use the game tape to recognize the missed opportunities and call it out. Your customers are like, wow, that person's like really, you know, human it builds credibility it builds trust there, there's a quote that i heard um and I, I love this quote um i had to pull it up because i didn't remember the verbatim but jp morgan said this quote he goes a man always has two reasons for doing anything a good reason and the real reason and i think mm -hmm. it's really apropos to a demo where someone's like oh can i see this feature the bad rep jumps in and says yes let me show it to you the good rep says hold on what's the real reason they're asking for this and they're following it up with a follow-up question Yep. Really, 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 really powerful. And by the way, managers, like, man, if you could do one thing consistently in using game tape to review and coach your reps, uh, especially if you have a conversational intelligence tool, like you can visualize who's saying what, just like go to the point where like where customer speaks and then get the last five seconds of it and then see how, how, how your rep responds. If they just kind of take the bait and move on and answer the question, stop there and coach them to get underneath what the question really is. Do you ever take the snippets? I mean, maybe I'm sort of doing that. Take the snippets of the calls and include that in the email as as part of like the benefit for the A prospect. Million percent, yeah. absolute best practice. Yeah, because again, it goes back to why do you put something in air quotes? You put something or not or not in air quotes, but you put something in actual quotes in the email because you yeah. you're just show you're you're kind of you know if you if you studied um, uh, if you if you've been trained in reflective listening. 
Um, or if you're a, you know, a fan of uh, Chris Voss and you know what the mirror is where you repeat back to somebody, then you understand that the value of that is we, as human beings, we crave being heard and understood. Putting something in quotes is showing that I, I hear you. Like I understand yeah. you like that. Right. And so it's like listening in writing yeah. and video in, in the, in the email is the same thing. Like, I'm just, I'm showing you, you said this thing. I'm hearing you. This was, this was important. Remember you said X. And then it's also an accountability thing. So later on down, down the road, when, you know, your deal is stalling or it's losing momentum or sort of budget becomes a thing, uh, you can, you can do what, um, if you're, if anybody out there is a fan of a Keenan great book called gap selling, uh, what Keenan talks about is like, you know, you get down the road and say, wait a minute, I'm confused. I'm confused. Like we, we established that like X is a problem with Y impact and like, and now you're going to go in this route. You're, you're not going to solve. I'm confused. I thought this is what we were talking about. Yeah, and I actually you spoke to you last week and he was telling me that. I was, that was really, yeah, it's pretty funny. So you're like throughout the process by reflecting back to the customer and showing it, you're leaving yourself some breadcrumbs of accountability also. Back Powerful. Yeah. Uh, I'm just doing a time check. Uh, we have about six more minutes, seven more minutes on cool. the actual episode. Yeah. Um, if it bleeds over a little bit, I'm totally fine with that if you are, but uh, yeah. I say, let's, let, let's stay on time. So um, I can say uh, what else? So when you're doing the, the, so far, what we've talked about is like tactics and techniques that are going to be super helpful um, for actually like deal execution, but let's pivot just a little bit to, you know, sharpening your sword, like as a rep and getting better for the next one. This is going to sound, this, this is something that I think most AEs will, uh, will will struggle with, um, and it's go out of your way to give yourself kudos, to pat yourself on the back. Powerful uh, positive reinforcement is one of the most powerful forms of coaching in anything. I don't talk if we're I don't care if we're talking about like improving a jump shot. You know, if you had a like a a problem in your jump shot, and the coach has been telling you get your elbow in. When you get that elbow in, will you make the shot or not? Having that coach or your spec in your ear, like, yes, elbow is in, elbow is in. There's a lot of science in there in academia mm. and how people learn that sort of validates that positive reinforcement. It really, really works for changing behavior. So there's a difference between getting out of a demo and just having an amazing feeling like, oh my God, I crushed that. Oh, well, why? Like, why did you actually crush that? What did you actually do in that meeting? That was great go and find the moment in the call. Mm. If you've got a conversation intelligence tool, right? Annotate it, like drop yourself a note. Like, yes, like this is what I've been working toward. I'm proud of myself for challenging the customer in that moment, not letting them off the hook. Or, hey, this objection handling execution worked really, really well. And then share it with your manager, share it with a peer. So like, I was really stoked on how, the, how this worked. So also, by all means, find the moments where you either struggled and you don't know why. Ask your manager, ask a peer who you respect, like, hey, would you watch this five minutes and just tell me what you would have done here? I think that's what most people who invest in reviewing the game tape will do. And that's great. Yeah. But also find the moments that you're proud of and get really clear and specific on what exactly is it that you're proud of? Because it will have a powerful effect of reinforcing that behavior in your next calls. Yeah, I mean that that message alone is also yes for the AE, but so many managers, like I have access to like other 
gong. I, I'm a collaborator in like gong. I don't use Reference.io, whatever. I don't use gong. Or you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Other, other companies that I work with use gong. And I'm going in and I'm looking at like the talk tracks uh, of like the demo. And I'm looking at the annotations from leadership. Yeah. And it's most of it is just n- negative feedback versus like, wow, great job asking the question this way. Next time, do it. like it's more negative and less constructive and optimistic and, and positive. Um, so, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, there's a, there's a coaching workshop that I've helped to develop that our customer success managers and trainers uh, do for uh, every, for revenue.io customers for the conversation intelligence stuff that we do. And that workshop is um, it's not really about um like, hey, here are the features in, 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 in the tool. I mean, they learn that. The workshop is more about, uh, we, we, we teach them five repeatable, easy, like plays to run as a coach. And the first one, and what we tell every, because most of these sales managers and directors, really great, really smart, like make natural born coaches, but like also, you know, nobody goes to sales manager training or coaching. Right school, right? That's why I thank, thank God folks like you exist or who can, you know, like coach them. Um, but we say, if you could do one thing, you do one thing consistently, positive reinforcement, positive reinforcement. And so we sort of teach them, how do you use conversation intelligence tools to basically automatically kind of flag for you examples where somebody did something well, just so you can go into the call and be mm. like, great job. And then curate those calls into a library. Somebody's onboarding and say like, Instead of don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Here's what good sounds like. Really powerful. Positive reinforcement is so important. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I have one more. If we have, yeah. we have time. We have, we have time for one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. Right. This one is, is really important um, for, for, for reps. Pay attention to, I'm going to call it vibe. Pay attention to vibe. Um, you know, how, like, what's your tone? Are you vibrating with passion? Attitude is contagious. Um, if you are maybe early in your career or maybe you're in a new job, like maybe you're, maybe you're not as confident as you would like to be. That's okay. That's natural. It's not okay to not be working on your confidence and your stage presence and basically how you show up. Um, the impression you give another human being is, is really, really, really tied to your physiology, your tone, your excitement, your ability to sound like, hey, I, I believe in this thing that I'm selling or I'm, I'm really curious and that's why I'm asking you that question. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's different for everyone. Not everybody is, is, passion doesn't come across in the same way but you have to be aware of and sensitive to how do you want to show up? Who makes you feel good when you are with them, you know, in a video meeting or in person? And am I showing up in the way that I want to from a vibe perspective? Yeah. I talk about Josh Braun. If you follow me, he talks a lot about like how in sales, you don't need to be like, don't confuse. Or I think he says like something about like being overly enthusiastic and loud and whatever. My definition of enthusiasm and what you're saying is passion is not like this over the top energy. It's, I would say it's more conviction. So you can be sort of like a low key chilled vibe type of person, but you can tell the difference between someone that has a lot of conviction when they speak versus someone that's just like sort of passive, passively speaking. And earlier on the call, when we started this, you had said, uh, and I quote, and I don't know what exactly what it was about, but you said an incredibly valuable resource, but you didn't say, oh, it's an incredibly valuable resource. You said 
it was an incredibly valuable, like you emphasize incredibly valuable, the words. Uh, and I, I wrote it, I actually wrote it down. So I was like, that is a perfect example of what tonality should look like. Or yeah. sound like. And one, one just final code of that to your point around, it doesn't sound the same for every person. I totally agree. So, and another value of game tape, and this is really, really for my, like my managers and my coaches out there. If you've got someone and their sort of vibe is struggling and they're sort of, they're not, they're not um, compelling to be around, even if they're really smart and maybe it's tied to confidence or, or, or sort of something like that. You got to find the person in your business who the way they radiate passion, enthusiasm, or sort of compelling, whatever that is, is uh, sort of less obvious. Like maybe they're very neutral in their tone, but that credibility and enthusiasm comes across in a different way. So you can show the person who's maybe lacking confidence, what it's most likely going to look and sound like when they reach that confidence level. Cause you don't want someone who's not overly enthusiastic to try to model somebody who is that just right. them. Right. So let's find good examples and, and models of what good sounds like for the right person. Nice. Dude, this was this was awesome. Very much needed this particular topic because um, it's sort of like I made a post on LinkedIn the other day about how or maybe I think it was today, actually, that the tech stack will, it may make your life a little bit easier. But in order to actually get better, you actually need to put in the work. So this was really apropos to that. Um, where, where can people find you? Um, this is your time to shine and sort of like hype yourself up. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, find me on LinkedIn. Again, Ryan Valancourt, VP of sales um, at, at revenue.io. If you're among the audience out there thinking, what is this magical conversation intelligence sort of coaching stuff tools? I, I came to revenue.io because my passion is in coaching and doing exactly what it is that, that we're talking about. So we provide a platform and software that helps man managers, but also reps do exactly what we're talking about. So, um, you know, find me on LinkedIn. Maybe, maybe that can be helpful, but um, I do all kinds of, you know, workshops like along the lines of what, what we're talking about for, for customers, SKOs, those kinds of things. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put your, your, um, your, the link to your LinkedIn on the description of this episode also. Oh, you know what I'll also do? I'll give you a link. I was talking, we were talking in the beginning about really, really, really good recap. I've got a, an amazing free resource for people that is sort of a template on what really, really good recap looks like. If that's something that folks are interested in learning. 1000%. Um, yeah, this episode will be exclusively featured in my community before I actually launch it publicly on my podcast in a couple of months. Or I think it's in a month or two, but the actual resource was only going to be exclusive to my community. So yeah, that'd be really helpful. Um, I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you found this relevant or practical at all, then please share this episode. Until next time, I'm your host, Mor Asuline.